You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello! Hello, guys! Welcome to the 132nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida, joining me on the amazing, inspiring, captivating podcast in Minneapolis, Minnesota is... What's Matt? It's uh, not how know. we do is it. Is that yeah. a reference to something I should know about, or is that just you're just spitballing about how amazing and inspiring it is to do a podcast with me? You know, I think I really messed up this whole intro, so let's start this again. How about that? Well, Hel- yeah, just take it from the top. How about that? Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Hello, Wait, well, what the, the fuck was that? That yeah, was the sorry. rewinding sound. That's rewind. I thought he was like muppeting the... over there. Like, no, yeah, I got a case of the rewinding the tape. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, here we are. Take two. Take two. Take two. Hello and welcome to the 132nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Oh, hey, this is Matt in snowy, cold, rainy Minneapolis. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. This is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Guys, how you doing this week? Dude, a little I'm chilly here right. in Orlando. I woke up this morning. It was 45 degrees. Went back into bed. Didn't go for a bike ride. And then it was like 60 at noon. So it felt pretty good. Oh, eh, it's like tough, It's just sleeted. It's like 35 and sleeting slash raining slash snowing on me all day. And I found a hole in my boot. So I feel really bad for you. How how did you find the hole in the boot? Was it because uh, something was got su- in the hole? No. Well, water got in the hole. This is a super yeah. big bummer. First day I had to like pull out the winter boots, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm fine riding around. And then I'm, I walked a little bit down the sidewalk, like a block. And I was like, my toes getting wet. That's <laughs> And, I and think... I was like, that's weird because my boots look fine. And then on closer inspection, um, no, they have worn that's down much. a lot more on the soles than I thought they had. And so that's a pretty big bummer that I think winter has started and I am winter bootless. I think it's unanimous within the cycling community. that The absolute worst thing, worse than riding in the rain, worse than riding in the snow, worse than being cold, worse than crashing probably is just that moment when water (laughs) seeps through onto your sock. Like, when oh, when yeah. it breaks through the barrier, you feel and it. Foot yeah, gets you wet. first feel it. That first cold like embrace. Ugh, that is bad. I'm, I'm I mean, with you on that, Spencer. It's bad, but you're oh mon frere. You are so wrong. That is not the worst thing to happen in winter cycling or any type of experience. Okay. The worst is when you don't create the vapor barrier and you're not wearing a pair of windproof tights mm-hmm. and you don't have a nice handy plastic bag. We've talked yeah, about this before. We cold. have. That's I've bad. got the pro tip for everyone. Yeah. It's use that Cliff Bar wrapper. It's the Cliff Bar. In your bag. I, yeah, I know, I know. I just, just I, win. <laughs> let's not forget. <laughs> I had a not kind of, kind of on the same of the sock thing, Spencer, last Friday when it was raining and thirty degrees in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and that some got down like my collar, and I mm-hmm. felt water drip down my shoulder, and then just like trace my arm down yep. to my cuff. Yep. And so there's just like I and I was riding and I couldn't like figure out how it was happening, but I was like, there's a little stream running uh-huh. down my arm, a la Jurassic Park, taking a different route every time, tiny imperfections. And um that sucked. 
That sounds bad. So, yeah. I, I, we could talk about wardrobe all day. You guys know I like talking about uh, oh, cycling no, wardrobes. But well, you got anything hey, else you want to talk about? There's a lot to talk about. Oh, okay. And um, one of the things, cyclingtips.com, we've talked about it before. It's a good website to go check out. They have a really cool story that posted on the Tour of Rwanda, um, which, you know, I've been seeing across Twitter. It's kind of blowing up with lots of photos of a cobbled climb, some really um, deep crowds along the roadside, and just genuine excitement um, mm-hmm. for this small race. And I didn't, what, you know, I didn't follow most of it because to me, racing season's pretty much over. But, oh my God, after Cycling Tips posted this article where they used some of the photos from the Tour de Rwanda um, media coverage, uh, and then the uh, little write-up, it looks like a little quick kick-ass race. It's a 2.2 um, on the scale, but man, the crowds are deep. And as they point out in the article, it's totally a difference from like the world championships in Qatar where there were zero friends. Yeah. Like you look at this and we're talking 10, 15 people deep on the penultimate climb um, cool. through the countryside. It looks like a kick-ass race. Now, naturally, I'm probably going to... Um, you know, uh, mess up the entire uh, names of, of the winners, but uh, a, a home rider from Rwanda racing for Dimension Data from Dimension Data for Quebeca won uh, Valens Nidizenga. Um, and it was pretty awesome to see, like, kind of read up on everything. He also won stage two and African cycling taken off. Now, I know we have a we, we have an interest in that because of a fan of the podcast and friend of the podcast, uh, Dan from Nam, being from Namibia. But man, it's like it's pretty awesome. World championships should go to Rwanda, as far as I'm concerned. Like this course seems badass. They it did. It, it did. It's better than where they you were. Guys, did you see the photos? Like, I didn't see it. No. I've I've seen it floating around, and I've seen some of the photos, and they they do look impressive. Um, I have not read the article. It's on my to do list. Um, so that's uh, you know that's coming up. I, but it does look cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. What more to say about it, really? But um, yeah, hopefully that uh, continues to grow. It seems like a, a good thing. Well, and then they've got Timothy um, Tim Rugg from the mm-hmm. U.S. Yeah. I think he's done some uh, cyclocross racing across. He won the prologue at the race, and the, the cycling academy team was there. I don't know. It just the teams that are showing up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like a really kick-ass version of the Nature Valley Grand Prix. That's like eight times bigger. You know, like it's a continental stage race. And then you add in the the history that we know and the atrocities that have happened in Rwanda. It's pretty cool to see an event that's captivated the the nation, from what I can tell. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, and that's just pretty awesome. Huh. And so you're saying bike was, races will bring nations together. We need a tour of right. America to we need a the tour to Trump to the blue states. Bring it all back together. <laughs> so. Go check it out on cyclingtips.com. Um, There's an uh, article there um, by uh, Matt Denif and then the uh, pictures from Rwanda. And as I was looking at cyclingtips.com, they also had a review of the new uh, Decker book, the Eric Decker book, where they're talking all about like his you know, doping and basically being the fall guy and then also like how it changed his life and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty on that because dopers already Decker get enough credit. The other Decker. Or, I don't know which one it is. It's one of the Deckers. It's the younger it's, Decker. It's, yeah, it's Thomas Decker. Thomas, Thomas Decker. Decker, thank you. I don't Sorry, think Eric. I think Eric Decker is still pretending that he didn't dope. <laughs> which one's the which but one's the on one that the... had the big is it Bugard that had the big old front teeth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That like always smiled on the race, yeah, and there was like yeah, super yeah. white. Bugard yeah. had the big okay. smile and couldn't win. Decker could yeah. win, but I don't so, know if he could smile. In reading that review, <laughs> you know, 
and I'm not going to like talk about the review of the review or whatever. Cool little article. They had some pictures of the Rabobank team from like, I want to say 2003, 2005, which is when we were first getting into like hardcore cycling, right? Like Rasmussen, we're talking, um, uh, Cadell Evans was in the picture, like without a broken collarbone, which was amazing. What? Um, you know, like, like you had just various guys that, that you then grew with as as we, as we grew with our fandom. Yeah. And I was looking at it, I was like, man, that was only 15 years ago or 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that looks dated. And I know in the moment you look at things and you're like, that's not dated. But I was thinking about this, that if you grew up in the sixties, you probably knew, or the early seventies, you probably knew that bell bottoms weren't always going to stay in fashion. Cause it just looks stupid. And I'm Wait, willing what? to bet that, like, Wait, they're not. <laughs> well, for you. I and I know it. that, like, skinny jeans aren't going to last, right? Like, that's a fad. It's already going away. I don't think this, like, sweat pant look is always going to stick that's, around. That's God, why I've, I hope I've, not. I've been, uh, you know, since high school, I've just stuck with the fat pants because I knew. I knew yeah, they were going like to come the, back around. The Jankos? Well, I yeah. used to rock the Jankos oh, all the time. I bet you did. Uh-huh. You know, that's oh, why you... I've had on overalls with one strap undone. Since 1991. Exactly. Solid. So the whole I've, time. I under, own, under my other clothes, of course. I but. own stock in Jabot, you know? <laughs> there you go. So so these are all <laughs> prime examples so of what deep. I'm getting at. So these are all prime examples of what I was getting at, guys. Okay. Looking at these yeah. pictures, some things that stuck out to me. The, first off, the helmets. That The helmets were just so, like, they were aero helmets before they were aero helmets, but not right. even, like, They weren't trying to be attractive. aero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're then, massive, and they're, you could tell why those guys were really protesting having to wear them yeah. up the mountains. <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of sunglasses, a lot of sunglasses under the straps, I noticed. Um, mm. a, a lot of uh, non-full-zip jerseys, uh, oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah. three-quarter-zip yeah. jerseys. God, am I uh, glad that that is one thing that has gone to the wayside? No, three-quarter-zip no, or quarter-zip jerseys? Some of the colors, you know, like a lot of Kelme jerseys, you know, these little things that you're kind of like, well, you know, like, I, yeah, I, I can see that's not really going to stick around. So I, I this gets me that. to my point. It sounds, right. like, it sounds like you have a new segment in mind. I do. Okay. And the new segment, I don't know what to call it, um, but maybe in the year 3000. Okay. <laughs> or, or, some, okay. or maybe in the year... 2025 when the slow ride podcast is on episode 900 or whatever and and we're still continuing to talk about these um non-stop uh important cycling issues uh-huh. and yes what what do we see nowadays guys and you guys can talk more about the equipment oh. are we looking are we looking at now that we're gonna laugh at 15 years from now the way that i am about the giant helmets and some of the colors that these laugh guys uh, were using or, and women were using or cringe yeah, laugh or cringe about. Like, what is one thing that you're going to sit there going? So, what can oh. we what can we identify right now today that is not going to be cool in five, ten, fifteen years? Yes, and I I've got mine already. Oh. Like, I already yeah. know one thing that that is going to be laughable fifteen years from now, ten to fifteen. I'm going to have now. to do some thinking. What do you got? Like, lead us off with this. Uh, yeah, yeah, lead us off. Cause so, so I... for me, definitely aero helmets. Oh, see. Like, okay. aero helmets are the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And of point, I want to call it out: the Pac aero helmet with oh, yeah. the just giant single vent in the front. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mushroomed out a little bit on the head. Use your imagination. I think that. In 10 years from now, we're going to look back at that and look at the entire Cannondale Draypack team going, what 
the hell were they thinking? Did that really sell helmets? Like, I can't imagine that fad's going to stay around. In fact, I could see a return back to the straight-up cat-like, um, full-on cheese grater helmet. That's my guess. Um, yeah. that, that's what I'm going to say and put it out there right now that 10 years from now, we're going to look at that aero helmet and look at that fad and just say, oh, man. Nice. What do you guys say? Do you guys have something else? I hope it's freaking electronic shifting and, and one by drivetrains, personally. Oh, yeah, they're going to look at, at electronic shifting and be like, why weren't they using uh, mental-powered shifting? Jeez, what a, what a bunch of Stone Age idiots. No, they're gonna, everyone's going to look back and be like, why did we mess with mechanical? It worked, and we didn't have to charge batteries and waste a bunch of rare-earth metals just to ride our bikes like jerks. Hmm. It's not going to make any sense. You think that batteries are going to be the issue? They're not going to be able to find some kind of kinetic energy resource system, curves like from Formula no, One, to I charge those like, batteries. Well, one, I just feel like it's it doesn't it's it's it just doesn't make sense. You're trying to ride this wonderful thing that's powered by a human and gets you places without causing a bunch of pollution. And yeah, there's pollution in making anything, but why you got to add big batteries to it? And two, you got to charge the stupid thing. It's just dumb. I hate right. electronic shifting with a passion. So I hope that's the thing that's gone because I don't want to look at it anymore. Anything on on your end, Spencer, that you think is going to be the uh, well, I got the laughing stock. I've got several. <laughs> okay, go shoot, um, shoot from the hip. I think I think the biggest one uh, for sure is going to be hopefully both of these things. But you know, I'm, I want to say disc brakes on road bikes. I think that's going to just be a failed experiment, but it's possible that they they continue on with with the Peloton. Over. I feel like but but made. I think we will look back and look at the the hydro uh, hoods what? like brake levers and be like, oh my god, look oh, at how, how big they are, huge yeah. and goofy looking they are. Yeah. Those are terrible. Why are they so huge? Like. I think that will be one thing that stands out on the bikes as far as equipment. Is it okay? Is there any um, for both of you guys? Is there any like kit in particular that's going to like stand oh, out yeah. like years oh, from yeah. now and just be like the most embarrassing? Yeah, a particular team's kit. Is that yeah. what you're thinking of? Mm. Yeah, I think I think BMC is going to have that problem because I think they've kept the same kit for too long. Like it, it's cool. I, I, I appreciate when a when a team. Uh, carries forward their look for more than a few seasons but at this point it's been like they haven't updated that thing in like 10 years it's just been kind of the black and white urban cam yeah. or black and red urban camo like when was the last time urban camo was hip you know what i mean never hip well they've been trying to do like the fdj thing but unfortunately they didn't start from a good place you got to start yeah, in a good place true. to do that fdj started at the top and they're just basically Moving, moving a little left, right. BMC is just shuffling around at the bottom. It's kind of amazing as we talk about this that Lamprey lasted from the when pink and purple were cool and hip, back to the pink and purple kind of cool again, to back now to ugly kit. Um, the Lamprey kit has always been good and and solid. Uh, and guys, and a throwback to last week, Spencer. You talked a little bit about uh, AG2R and about how they were getting rid of the brown and slowly going to blue. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw the picture of the new Factor bikes that they're riding next year. I have, All baby yeah. blue. All yeah. baby blue. There's not a touch of brown on that thing. It is happening. The transition is happening. It because, is the new Gerald Steiner team. Because brown brown is an underused color in the Peloton, and it's and it's 
it's like such a good color in like in the world. But as far as on cycling kits, it is just That's a bad. A it's a bad option. Yeah, it's maybe they'll wear good. brown shoes. So maybe That's maybe weird. they will. Then they'd all have to wear brown belts. Yeah. So oh, Spencer, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You got to wear the brown shoes, brown belt. I learned that once going to a um, job interview, and I'm pretty sure Spencer, you had to tie my tie on the way to that interview. I don't I know if you remember sh- that uh, sure years do. ago. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> great time. Hey, uh, Spencer, I cut you off a little bit. Was there another item that you thought a third one there? Oh man, I think I think the big glasses, the big '80s throwback glasses, are gonna yeah. like they were embarrassing the first time around, and I think they're gonna be embarrassing the second time around. Yeah. That means back. they'll come back. They'll come back another time. I feel like those embarrassing things—they're so bad, they're good. There's power in the bad. Those Maybe. are not good. Like that's you're talking about the Ryder Heshtal Pock. Oh yeah, glasses. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah in the big all... and then the Oakleys big with goggles. the jawbones, the big steaming pile. Like I remember, uh, Hincapi always rocked those jawbones to like, uh-huh. full extension. And yeah, he looked like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar a little bit with those uh, bug-eyed uh, sport rec specs. And I get to say that because as a nerd growing up through elementary school, I used to always have to wear the sports goggles to gym class. Of course you did. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was like the champ because he had those. Or Chris Sabo, former third baseman for the Cincinnati Reds. Shout out yeah. to our one Cincinnati listener. And um, yeah, good stuff. I had the uh, Eric Davis uh, signature bat when I was a kid, so... Shout out to oh, nice. the Reds as well. <laughs> and little guy, you know Kurt Rambis, former Minnesota Timberwolves coach? Yep. He used to rock those too. Yeah, he did. He had a good hey, look. Um, Didn't have a good team, but he had a good look. So <laughs> as we are in the midst of cyclocross season. Um, Coxida, the big um, sand dune race was yeah, canceled. Yeah, I can't wait to get into talking about canceled. that. God, I love that race. And Every year I can't wait for it. And I missed it this year, so I didn't catch what happened. You guys, no spoilers. I'm I'm waiting for it to pop up on the uh, download site so I can just watch it. I'm gonna, you know, cook a good You've already meal. Downloaded a virus. I'm gonna, I've got, I've got well, my say, Belgian Trappist beers on that link. all laid out. Link. Like I'm ready to go. It's just gonna be my going to church on uh, on Sunday morning. Probably Thanksgiving actually day is when I'll do it. I just want to make it a so, really big deal. Spencer, I'll save you the time. But the two most important things is one rider, one of the favorites. Uh-huh. found a nice sand dune on the side of the ocean and just rode figure eights in the sand and it created quite the Instagram video as he's carving a sick line into the uh, the sand doing the figure eights. I don't know if you okay. guys saw that. Pretty inspiring little section. Was his name Wout? His sure name was. was. I'm pretty sure it was Wout. Yeah, I think it was Wout. It's pretty hard to pronounce, huh? And then the other guy, Matthew Vanderpool, decided, ah, I'm just going to ride the 200 kilometers home from the canceled race course. And on his Strava, he did a 189-kilometer ride um, in the dealing with the wind all the way back. So two different uh, routes of what to do when they cancel a World Cup uh, cyclocross race. Wait, I always have, I always hear people for years, people that claim they know a lot about uh coaching and stuff this is like all every every third amateur racer is like oh no it's cross season you can't do any uh you can't do any miles in cross season you got only got to do intervals vanderpool goes out does a huge base ride <laughs> so now he's going to be bad the rest of the year right because he like he messed up his his training well you may not know this there's still three more months of cyclocross season <laughs> oh okay so it's still but he's still in the base period that's frightening okay <laughs> um so, so there's that. But talking about U.S. cyclocross, there's a couple of things that um, we got a nice Facebook message from um, a friend of the podcast, uh, Ryan, who works, who's a former bartender at Sluggos in Pensacola. Oh, my um, God. And, and he, uh, Can we he get him on out. the show? 
he went to New Orleans for a, uh, a cyclocross race. There's a, a burgeoning cyclocross scene down there in the New Orleans, Mobile, and Pensacola area of the Gulf. They have the Delta, the Delta States Grand Prix. And these guys had their first ever flyover. I remember for a while, we always thought a flyover was what was going to take Minnesota Cyclocross to the next level. Yep. Um, everyone wants a cyclocross. flyover, so that's pretty cool that, that they got one built finally. First time ever. Really cool to see. But they did a Facebook Live broadcast of the race, and we got a shout-out. In fact, as the host of the Facebook Live uh, broadcast was walking around the course, he goes to an amazing section of a course. It almost looked like a mound in the middle. To us, it would be very similar to what we saw at Webster Elementary School. And as you uh, in Minneapolis, where we used to play uh, uh, bike oh, yeah. polo, there's that like uh, yeah. hill out there, good sledding hill, if you will. Yep. And in New Orleans, you guys know there's not very much elevation um, there, so there was this mound, and they created a pinwheel that went around the mound and all the way up to the top, kind of like Gold Medal Park in Minneapolis as well, kind of that mm-hmm. spiral path that goes all the way up, and then it went all the way down. And during the broadcast. The uh, the host goes, make sure someone takes a picture of this, a screen capture of this, and sends it over to our friend, our our buddies at the Slow Ride Podcast to show them this. And wow, I think we so we give them the shout out Delta Delta States Grand Prix um, and Rollour Cycling out of uh, New Orleans. Take a look at them. And, Congratulations uh, so on creating the first cyclocross pinwheel nipple. Yes. Oh, did it? How I did didn't you... see it, so it looks like that makes sense. It looks like an I, apple. Okay. I think <laughs> it's a pretty amazing uh, pinwheel. I, you know what? Shout out to it. Um, unique. So, yeah, absolutely unique. And I'm I'm torn because I, I am very anti pinwheel. I don't I don't think it's good uh, for any for a multitude of reasons that I've gone over. I'm sure multiple times on the show. But, but you're pro nipple. This one's different. Yeah, it goes up, it goes around and up to the top of the hill, and then it goes around back down. And you know well, what that is? Is you're no longer just turning slightly left for a long time, and then turning slightly right, and going, you know, like going half speed because you can't really go that fast, and you can't really pass. But so you're going it, off camber that whole time yeah. makes it technically challenging, and I therefore approve. Is it? Is there? Is it a, the matter of the the? Is there like a radius? We can we can agree on that makes something a pinwheel as opposed to just a really large circular climb. Hmm. Uh, we'd have to. Get I, some, I don't think it's the radius. I think it's the fact that. that you descended back on the inside of the the climb. Now, this the, is the, the problem. So if there's elevation that changes there, things. Oh, yeah. yeah, elevation definitely changes, and this is a a long radius. I mean, this well, see, is, yeah. This see is the thing. Camber. The things that I hate about pinwheels are that they don't make for good racing. And they're lazy coish design, and then they're very much not safe because you only have a piece of tape in between opposing traffic, right? Going different yeah. directions. This makes it good, tricky course design because you have to be able to ride off camber. It brings skills into it. It changes it a little bit, and it's clever because you're using all your your territory or your grounds that you and have. you're using all your yeah. course tape. And, uh... I, I would like to see... <laughs> Uh, and you know it's a small race, I get it, but I'd still like to see the like some snow fence or something like as opposed to just tape. But that's probably tough for them to do. Hey, but I don't Spencer, think I, I know you're in New England, so when you yeah. want to get off your high horse, and we can talk about this a little bit, all you guys up there in New England are on the highest horses ever. We're talking about a tiny race that crushed it 
because they don't even know how to ride off camber down there. I don't think you understand how flat <laughs> New Orleans is. Well, that's the problem. This if they all fall off on their off camber and that, that sliding they, down the hill, it's most definitely. Then, like they, then you run into. I problems. think that this is lazy course design to the the fullest. I'll give them a shout out because it's unique. But they should have done what we did, like at the Edessee Villadrome Cross, where it was more of like the 180 back and forth up the camber because. You know, once you get the hang of a, a pinwheel turn and turning radius, this is a pretty easy little climb here. Oh, where yeah, they kind of wasted the pad, only feature of the course. They need to pad the distance, man. They had an official yeah. walk the course, and it's like it's not long enough. This is going to be a five-minute lap. A yeah, like you got to add know, some time. Yeah, if we know anything from doing the so, NSC race, there's a lot of being like, okay, this technically we're not long enough. We have to turn left and turn right seven times in this section yep. to, to eke out five more feet. Yep. No, yeah, I, I'm pro cyclocross nipple, a pinwheel. I think that is A-okay. Oh, it's a, it's they've a got, slippery slope, literally, Spencer. This is not a good one we want to They've go got down. an entire year to find some snow fence. I, I believe in them. I think They're going to have to have it imported. It's going to cost so much money. I don't know. I, you could probably find a nice local uh, um, U.S. merch, uh, maybe just ship it down the Mississippi River on a raft. Mm-hmm. Could go oh, right yeah, there. That's true. Maybe there's like a racing barge that could take it hey, down as they. Well, that's that leads to the next point, gentlemen. If I win the Powerball and we get the uh, the little guy racing racing barge up and running up and down the Mississippi, last time I checked, the uh, Delta Stakes Grand Prix is within an hour of the river, and we could you know nice. go there and dominate. How's, how's that working? Your system, your system yeah. for uh, <laughs> still, dominance of the lottery is still in play. Still haven't won yet. Hey. um... There are a couple more things. We did get a I – we had got a good Twitter conversation going on from a podcast listener at, at the uh, – at Toby S. Seum. So Toby Seum. Uh, he hits us up at the Slow Ride Pod, and he says, hey, thoughts on built-in bike stand on the podium? Eh, don't like it. Whatever. I don't, I don't need a bike stand for your stupid bike at the podium. It's, it's off to the side. And Yeah, still don't care. But he says, yeah. hey – should podium finisher have to show up for the podium to make winning race not look lame? So basically what he's saying is, hey, I won the race, but only the second place finisher showed up to stand on the podium. I'm going to say second place finisher because this podium was so bad in Sacramento. Apparently they don't teach um, things there in their public schools, and that's what you get when uh, you know, you're, you're so into charter schools, um, that the, uh, the podium's actually backwards here. Um, oh, and yeah, I just threw a lot of shade at Mayor Kevin Johnson and his um, uh, wife, former chancellor of the Washington D.C. Public School District. <laughs> but right. um, this uh, this podium's backwards. So Research. you know, Toby, I'm assuming you won the race. Second place didn't show up to stand on the podium, so it looks like you only beat one person. Um, so you're saying. What should happen? What's the etiquette here on this podium? And I have a solution, and I know who's at fault. But do you guys want to jump in first? Well, the announcer's at fault, right? No, the well, announcer is not at fault here. Because somebody has to race, tell people where to go. Yeah, but somebody just left early. You know, sometimes you got to run. You got to get to pick the kids up. Okay, you know, hang on, hang on, hang hockey on. Hockey practice. You're, you're, you're going to tell me that somebody pre-registered for this, thought about this probably all year, hired a coach, Bought two bikes, bought four extra sets of wheels, got yeah. their got their altitude tent going, you know, registered for this race months in advance, is bad mm-hmm. more circled on the calendar, a race, ready to go, showed up with the camper with sprinter van mm-hmm. the night before, had their swan year and their masseuse with them on payroll. And mm-hmm. to race that 
55 plus masters race yep. and then immediately like got second place and was like eh not good enough i gotta go pick up the kids from swim practice well again yeah, we don't they know if they got off. second place or third place because the podium's backwards but yes your point yeah, is yeah, well taken were, spencer they were so upset they so, threw their helmet and they okay. left so who's at, at fault here? Age, Spencer? I, nobody should leave a cross race immediately so, after the race. So Spencer, you say the fault lays with the um, announcer. Little guy, you're saying the race promoter is at fault because they didn't get the promote, they didn't get the podium done. You have to lay blame on someone. No weaseling out of this. <laughs> I think it's just bad sportsmanship. So bad sportsmanship on whose part? The racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the I racer. Think okay. Stay. I think so, if you if you make the podium, you need you need to make yeah. an effort to stay. Unless the unless the. And, the race promoter is like, I'm. We're not doing podium for like 45 minutes or an hour or something. And you're like, dude, come on. I know you guys can see me and the frustration and the veins popping out of yeah, my forehead because you are. You got this beat of both, sweat. You're both wrong. Coming. Down you know who's at blame here? here? The person at blame here is the winner, Toby Smith. And let me tell you why, Toby. Why you're at fault here? You tell us. If yeah, I want to hear this. If someone doesn't show up to the podium and you just won. You look it out into that crowd, and you just grab someone to stand up there on that podium as mm-hmm. a podium substitute. Do you think at the Oscars, when Kevin Costner gets up there to go win the Best Actor Award for Dancing with Wolves, and they pan out into the crowd, that there isn't someone sitting in his seat as a seat filler? Haven't you seen Seinfeld? That's what Kramer made his living on. So you listen here, Toby. You go find someone to stand on that podium. The fault well, is yours. I've got a suggestion then. And I would recommend a kid or a dog to to fit there so it looks cute. And then you look even more awesome for beating a kid or a dog in a race. So congratulations, Toby. You won the race. The responsibility is yours. I still say it's the promoters. Every promoter now, now we're making a new ruler. Every promoter has to have a life-size cardboard cutout of Tom Boonen. And and ready. Solved. So if somebody leaves, I got to leave early. I can't make the podium. That's fine. That's totally cool. You don't even need to tell them. They will realize later when they look at their Facebook feed and they look yep. at the podium yep. from their race, and in their place is Tom Boone, and everybody looks cooler because they just beat Tom Boone. That's perfect. Wait, That's second like, point, though. Man. What if someone else doesn't show up? What if it's Tom well, Boone? Who's the on. second now, choice? Who's the the Ricardo Rico. When, when, you, <laughs> when you promote a race with the USA Cycling, when you send in your registration fees, they send you a packet of your one-day licenses and all that stuff. In that package should also be three Tom Boonin cutouts, one with the left arm raised, one with the right arm raised, and one with both arms raised, so that you can use whichever one. You can deploy one or multiple Tom Boonins to fill no. podium spots. Do they Are we have different give... jerseys? Like, so that, like, it's a could... different era of quick step, yeah. It's Cause, like different. Because if one first and second care. place don't show up. <laughs> That's fine. There's Tom not a Boone lot of quick jerseys. They change it all the time, so we can okay. have slightly different ones on. Now, are we going to give Tom a little taste of this? Like, are we giving him a little... Is he getting, like, 10 no, cents per cardboard not, cutout not, or something? Not until his lawyers contact us, no. <laughs> and, then, so, and then we'll just skip over him, and we'll go to some other I, um, I racer. Think, I mean, I think pretty, we've, I think pretty we've sure really... Luco Paolini is, uh, could yeah. use a little bit of money, so maybe we could oh, use him, dude. you know? Who I wouldn't want to be on the podium with Boonin and Luco? Ah. Uh, Spencer, that's a great idea. Guys, we solved this. So thanks for your question, Toby. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following on the Slow Ride Podcast and at Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com if you disagree with this assessment. Don't know why you would. (laughs) I don't know why you would. What? Whoa. Whoa. Whoa.
Hey, this is Zach McDonald, DJ of the one and only Louisville Phone Party, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Oh, it just came Man, out of nowhere. I was, just, I was just getting started, guys, and then out of nowhere, Premlap. What are we racing for this week, Spencer? Well, this week we are once again uh, racing for healthiq.com. Uh, you can check it out, healthiq.com slash the slow ride. No, I did it again. No. Why do I keep doing that? Healthiq.com slash slow ride. That's hey, where you should you go. go. Everyone needs some life insurance, and you can go there. You can save money if you're an active cyclist riding bikes, which is pretty cool. Definitely. Yep, I that's mean, we all are. We're all adults here. Get some life insurance. Protect your investment for the future. And Seb, if you're riding bikes, it's even better. Sadly, we are all adults here, so we needed to start doing adult things. Master's like getting plus adults. life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 super fun being healthy, being in shape, riding bikes, being an active person, and Health IQ can get you a discount for your life insurance based on that. And, you know, if you like hucking it off of uh, the big drops, <laughs> if you like just sending it, um, you know, over the NAR, uh, if you like to, you know, drive side dismount, you might need life, you know, <laughs> life insurance. If you drive side dismount side. and you may like cut your aortic artery um, <laughs> when you're shouldering the bike, um, uh-huh. or, uh, you know, if you like to grip it and rip it, or, you know, if sometimes you just can't keep it under a hundred, then you yeah. need some life insurance and, uh, go to healthiq.com slash slow ride. To learn more and a uh, sweet discount on uh, health yeah. insurance because we, uh, life insurance because you're a writer. We would appreciate it. It uh, helps us out greatly if you just go click around on a few things there and uh, you know check it out. Um, and uh, I also think we should give a shout out to all the uh, members and supporters of this of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We should. You know, I've been uh, really had my nose to the grindstone here all week long. Um, I've I've been packaging up and sending out all the uh, goodies to all our donation drive uh, donors, uh, and there were there were more than I can handle. Let's just put it that way. the The donations came fast and furious. You guys are fantastic. Yeah. I want to shout out everybody who who does donate. It's been far too long uh, getting ready to get these packages going, and that's a good problem to have. But I uh, I apologize for their delay. But most of them are in the mail now. I'm taking them uh, with me to work in my bag uh, when I ride in, 10 at a time, uh, stopping by the post office every day. So slowly but surely, they're all going out. We're about halfway through them. Uh, so you'll be seeing your, uh, your packages and your water bottles uh, very shortly. So at that point, does the, uh, does the guy at the counter, uh, when, you're, when you're dropping it off, is he like, hey, have you heard about Stamps.com? <laughs> <Sports>. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah. You should rent a postage meter. Pretty much. Wait, don't do um, that. So, anyways, I, 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 I the, misjudged uh... how woefully unprepared I was to, to handle this many packages. Oh, I, I needed I labels, I needed envelopes, I needed return labels, I needed everything. So, it's finally well, together and they're finally going out. Well, I think that, uh, you know, again, shout out to all the Wide Angle Podium uh, members and then also the great uh, uh, group of shows that we have on the network. Um, mm-hmm. Crosshairs Radio continues to put them out and slay it with the uh, most recent episode uh, upcoming of They Don't Do That in Europe, which is the, the way that we get to sound cool when we talk about cyclocross. And I got to say this uh, quickly, guys, because um, uh, heckling has blossomed all over my Twitter feed again. 
And it's that time of year when we just need to address this heckling phenomenon. Some people think it's the worst thing ever. Some think it isn't funny. I have gone kind of a 180 on this. I used to do a lot of heckling where now I like to just heckle my friends where it's along of, you know, if they're in it for serious, I love cheering on my friends. I will always say like, hey, man, go get it. Like you're crushing it. Give them some good times. But every now and then I'm definitely going to try to stick a little uh, stick a little uh, knife in the back and just go like, oh, man, I'm still here. I'm still being that annoying friend that you've uh, known for so many years. So I... I'm kind of a uh, 90-10 on the heckling uh, fear now, where 90% of it is going to be positive in support, and 10% is going to be just some old-fashioned ribbing of some friends when I'm seen out there. I don't heckle people I don't know, though. That's the key (laughs) word right there. Yeah, I was going to say, heckling your friends, that's that's a very key component that I think a lot of people don't grasp when they they try to embrace the heckling culture. Like, you... And also... I feel like the Cat 5s, the Cat 4s, the Cat 3s, go ahead, heckle away. The professionals, I mean, they're kind of like, I don't know, like think about when you're at the baseball game and you're way out in left field in the upper deck and the the guys out there who are just like, you suck, you know, and you're just like, God, this guy, holy shit, like just, I just, I just want to go to one baseball game a year and you're ruining my experience. Yeah. That's kind of uh, that's kind of what you are when you're a shitty heckler during yes, the pro race. Philly games. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you guys are saying. I gotta say, uh, nobody yelled anything mean to me this weekend, so that was nice. Just positive, that's good. Positive yeah, that's good. And uh, I know you guys are going to talk about that in a moment. Um, but I, I I just think that uh, heckling to me is a uh, yeah, Spencer, Spencer, you hit it right, right on the head. And in that, you got to kind of know the person. And it's like, you don't need it to be like anything horrible. But to heckle people you don't know and to get like to where they, you know, commenting on appearance or style of racing. Um, you know, like my favorite thing is like, uh, you know, if someone like kind of slips out and off camera, you're like, oh, go get him. Like, that didn't work. Go get him. You know, like you kind of like, I don't have a problem with that. Like, ooh. All right, get, come on, go get them. Like, you give them that, like, encouragement. I think that that's an important uh, aspect of it. Yeah, there's playful encouragement, and that uh, definitely has a place. And it's, I think it is part of the culture, as much as some people argue it's not part of the cultural cross. But I think that's at certain levels where the fun is still fun. You know what I mean? And, and then yeah. there's things where it's people's jobs or livelihoods, or they're really, like, they might be in 20th place and not in the hunt for podium in the, in the UCI race but that might be their best ride ever. And you're just like, dude, you suck. Why, why aren't you up there? Like, I don't know, man. You got like, you don't know where people are at. And it's just like, just keep it, keep it to the, to the fun ride. Like the fun races of the day. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Just throw a beer on them. Come on. Just throw yeah, a beer. Throw a beer. On That's some good old fashioned fun. This is Sarah Goff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, we are back. Uh, Tim has left us uh, for the the rest of the podcast. Turns out he did not pay his phone bill and uh, got cut off earlier. 
Um, so that's unfortunate, <laughs> but we are still here. So yeah, um, we're gonna we're gonna soldier on for the last uh, last section of the pod here. Um, Tim, unfortunately, he also had the agenda uh, with him. So I don't know. I don't know where we should go, little guy. Do you got any stories or anything you can share? I do. I got a little story. It's not a Greenway story. We're going to call it uh, Street Stories with Matt. That sounds... Something like that. Yeah, a little more Um, edgy. Yesterday at work, I'm riding down a Uh, Mm one-way. Up ahead of me in the one-way, it's like three lanes and a bike lane, okay? Mm -hmm. Bike lane's on the right side. Up ahead of me, there's a crane in the bike lane and half of the right lane. You know, they're washing some windows up on a building. Okay. So there's a dude in the street in, like, a neon outfit, you know, like, just kind of pointing for traffic to not run into the crane. Yeah. And I'm coming up, and I'm moving over, and suddenly, like, the sun is right behind him, too, coming down the streets at a low angle. Uh, suddenly, this dude whips out from behind the cane, the crane on a mountain bike, um, going the wrong way, like, coming right toward me whips around and looks like he's going to run into the dude directing traffic. And for a second, I'm like, oh, no, he's going to hit that dude. Makes a evasive move at the last second, but has the wherewithal to take his right hand off the bars and smack the dude directing traffic on the back of the head. Just out of nowhere. Whoa. Pops out, smacks the dude. The dude, like, whips around in circles like, what the hell just happened? Sees this dude and is like, hey, what the hell? Dude's gone. Dude's like sprinting away on the fucking mountain bike. Like, yeah, I whipped that dude. I ride by and the guy looks at me and is like, what the hell was that? And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that was. And um, it didn't make any sense. Dude was, wasn't was there. Then he was there. Then he was gone. He's just a, just a superhero hitting people on the head. It was weird. That's so random. Very random, just like that. It was like the one block of twelfth I had to ride on, and then I had to turn. I was just like, "That was weird." That's that's all I saw on that block. So just mad that the guy was like standing in a bike lane and you didn't really understand the situation, or was this guy targeted? I don't know. Was this I mean, like the dude was riding the wrong his way. old boss or something? You know, what I mean? like, I'd like to think so, but I mean, he, just, in, he like... just looked like kind of a crazy dude on a like janky old mountain bike. So huh. <laughs> maybe he was just riding around it. He was like he was booking too. Yeah. So um, well, right. I mean, I, he kind of had to because he's probably worried that dude was gonna chase yeah. him down and beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was weird. I don't know what to think about it. But this happened like early. Uh, Monday morning when I was at work and I was just like that's the we- that's going to be the weirdest thing I see all day and I've already seen it <laughs> you know that's pretty good like that. street stories so, I like it it definitely is a little more edgy it's more edgy it's more it's more urban a little more, more grit yeah a little, little more, more grit uh, mm-hmm. a little more violence <laughs> yeah. um, than Greenway so stories it's a generally. different twist to the franchise that you've got going on over there yeah yeah, I haven't had any Greenway stories. I can tell you. I will tell you one other thing. No, okay, not here. I'm just. I'm all it. ears. What do you got? Uh, Saturday states, no problems. Sunday states, um, second corner. I broke my shifter. The Wait. little paddle to upshift on my campy shifter uh-huh. snapped in half when I went to shift. How cold was it? Yeah, it's like in the 30s. Okay, so not cold enough. Not cold enough, but I don't know. I mean, you know, like, maybe I'd, like, I guess I'd probably tipped over once or twice on Saturday. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if I if I hit it ever. Okay. And it, it, yeah. it didn't. As far as I could tell, it was working fine. Suddenly, 
I shift. I could feel the little paddle just fly away. <laughs> and, I, and so I'm like, oh, no, I can't shift. So it was right before a running section. So I jump off, run the section with everybody else. Um, this is literally 15 seconds into the race. Yeah. I, so in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this race. Hey, hang on. Jump back on. I don't, I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. But okay. why is there a running section 15 seconds into the race? It's not 15 seconds. It okay. was like whole shot, two little corners, and then it was this off-camera. You know that like bumpy off-camera stuff kind of by the tennis or the sand pit they do every year? Oh, sure. Yeah. It was extra muddy. It was super muddy. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. It was muddy. It, I get it. I it get could it. have been rideable if it hadn't been so muddy. All right. Carry on. It, it was good. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this race because there's a lot of steep uphills in mm-hmm. the race. Mm-hmm. And it's muddy and hard to ride with any gear. So I look down. I'm smack dead in the middle, middle of the cassette. And I'm like, well, I might be okay. You know? I might be okay. Like... If I can alternate between little ring and big ring, I might be able to pull this off, you know, uh-huh. at least like respectively race this thing. So I start racing and it's okay. I, I can alternate between the big ring and the, the little ring and it's not ideal for the uphills, but I can still <laughs> ride them. Uh-huh. It's definitely like single speed in it and it's not S- ideal sorta. for the straightaways, but it's okay. I can just really spin it. So I'm doing okay. I move into third place. I'm in third for a little bit. Uh, I get caught by fourth place, like a lap and a half in, and we're riding together, and uh, we go bombing down the big, like the big sweepy hill in the race. Got to grab a bunch of brake. Uh, front straddle cable for my canty snaps. Yep. What? Suddenly, I have I'm whipping around a corner. <laughs> I have no front brake anymore, so I'm all back brake. So the whole rest of the race, I'm just like. I'm Hollywood in every corner where I'm just grabbing back brake and skidding around every corner. Yeah, leg out um, and everything. Yeah, all the oh, time. Oh, man. Like, in all places. I, so suddenly I'm having to do that. <laughs> I've only got one gear. I've only got one brake. I love this race. Oh, my God. To make matters worse. So I'm still in my mind, though. I'm doing okay. I'm still – I'm not far behind third place. I'm like, I can get back to him. Yeah. That's cool. I'm getting my groove back. But because it was so muddy and, and cold – uh-huh. All my other gears were clogging up with um uh, with mud. Uh-huh. And eventually it got to the point where, you know, narrow spacing on 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 like a ten speed cassette, right? That it was clogging up so much and I wasn't cleaning it off by ever shifting that it started skipping. It started dragging on uh-huh. the mud in the gears next to it. So it started the last two laps where I had to run stuff that I could ride before because it would skip when I got all like when it got yeah, all torquey. I start putting the power on so you. So suddenly I was, I had to run like every uphill. I had one brake and I can't, and I have two gears and they don't even work very well. And, uh, I finished and it was just, it was just like, obviously oh it's the last race of the season because my bike was having none of it. Yeah. It was just like, no, I am done. It was, my bike was flawless on Saturday in the same <laughs> conditions, basically. Not a problem. I didn't have any, like, crashes. It was just, like, smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sunday, my bike just was instantly, like, no. Gave Take up. me home. Hang me up. The season is over. Yeah. Take so me home. Hang me up. Don't think about me till May or June when you take me down and have to wash all this mud off. Yep. <laughs> So that that's is my how state a cyclocross season ends. Wow. Yeah. Your bike, yeah. Uh, sometimes you decide when it ends, little guy, and sometimes your bike does. Did my you? bike really wanted it to end early, like 
exactly one hour earlier than I wanted it. <laughs> it was awesome. like instantly like, no, 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 no. Put me back in the car. But yeah, what are you going to say? <laughs> I like it. I Did you hang on to uh, to a wide angle podium position or what? I hung on to fourth. In nice. The, in the, so Sunday was, you know, is the age group thing. So I am fourth place, 35 to 44 Minnesota cyclist. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Saturday, I hung on to ninth. In the uh, in the one two, yeah, in the one two. Nice, good job. I wrote a okay. clean and un un well, like just kind of a boring race. I wasn't very great, but I was just like, yeah, consistent. You know, that's, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Everybody needs to be in the middle. Yeah. Well, so somebody needs to be in the be middle. There. Someone's got to be there. Someone's got to beat the back, and someone's got to beat the front. So everybody has their place. Good job, yeah. little guy. Yeah, it's okay. I like that story. That's a good one. I uh. <laughs> I didn't race. I didn't race this weekend or last weekend no. because I'm still nursing my banged up knee from crashing um, yeah. on my commute to work. Have you had the bike looked at? No, I've looked at the bike and shed tears uh, several times. Um, for those who haven't heard the story, I, I yeah. narrowly narrowly avoided a uh, jaywalking pedestrian, crashed my bike riding into work uh, 10 days ago or so, and uh, in crashing banged my knee super hard onto my down tube of my uh, Richie Swiss cross steel frame and dented the down tube with my knee, which is incredible yeah. in, uh, in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, I rode in again today for the first time and I fe- felt okay, but I haven't, haven't been racing yet because, uh, I, I did a few laps in Northampton and, uh, when I jumped off to, uh, run over the barriers i was like nope nope can't yep. do that nope <laughs> not doing that okay yeah. but i could pedal around okay so it was you know it was all right it's too bad it's a we've lost a lot of good bikes this year we have lost a lot of good bikes your gunner r.i.p my my swiss cross is it's not dead but I, it's not going to be the a bike it's not going to be a racing bike anymore yeah. i don't think uh, so i have It'll to figure that out but uh chunk of money Whatever yeah. like a down tube costs. That ain't cheap. Yeah, probably not gonna get it replaced, that's for sure. So. No? Hmm. I, I really it. wanted to get the gunner replaced, but uh yeah. yeah. What did uh the prognosis came back negative on that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well how do we do an outro, little guy? Tim always uh does this. Uh we thank BK one. We do. Uh he's got album Radio to Cannibal. Radio De Cannibal. The song is uh, Tema De Cannibal. There you go. Rhyme Sayers Records. Rhyme Sayers Entertainment out of Minneapolis, ah, Minnesota. Entertainment. You know uh, those guys. I can't, I can't say it right, but I, I, could, I know where their office is. Yeah. I, I know how to deliver to them. Perfect. Uh, we, we want to remind everybody. Uh, well, let's see. Let's, let's remind everybody that there's other wide-angle podium shows. Uh, yeah. Tim mentioned Crosshairs Radio earlier. There's also the Honest Bicycle Program. Um, Myerson Line and Consummate Athlete. I was going to tell Tim he's going to be very excited that the, the new Consummate Athlete episode interviews a uh, NASCAR driver. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm oh. I'm pretty pumped to listen to it. I think it's going to be good. Um, they always interview all these totally random people that I'm like, what do I care about golf or swimming or whatever that this mm-hmm. person's specialty is? And yeah. it always ties into like 
the mentality that you have to have as an athlete and, and stuff like that. Like it, yeah. it is, I always learn something. So it's one of my favorite shows on the, on the network, uh, personally, That's but cool. I mean, I'm sure NASCAR is way harder than, uh, can ever imagine. <laughs> Probably. I can't, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, that one just came out today, so I haven't heard it yet, but, uh, we should also, um, Remind all our listeners to wave at all their fellow cyclists that they see out on the road. Um, Definitely do that because you know we gotta have gotta have the love for each other because we know those drivers ain't paying attention, so we gotta pay attention it's to true. each other. Especially now that the weather's getting crappy, people, you need you need that little uh, friendly wave sometimes to get home <laughs> to make it through that sleet filled yeah. commute. You just <laughs> That's you true. might not know it, but if you get a wave or two, it's probably going to power you up a little bit. If you give one out, uh, it'll help somebody else out there uh, not not give in and uh, start taking the bus. <laughs> Don't start to get off the bus. <laughs> Keep them off the bus. That's what, that could be our bus. new outro. Or the train or the whatever. But yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, All right. I, I think we did it. I think we nailed it. All right. I think we have. All right. Well, uh, Next week, uh, unfortunately, Tim will be back. Uh, his phone bill will be paid, and all will be right with the slow ride world. Uh, and we'll we'll talk to you guys later, I guess. Uh, bid Happy you adieu? Did we say we bid you adieu? That's what we say. Bid you adieu. Go eat a tofu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride Podcast.